what is some of like the funniest claims you've had come through World Nomads? Somebody broke their penis. <laughs> An insured man was away with his girlfriend and they, uh, she was on top and they got a little bit vigorous and he tore his frenulum. Google it, people. That will make your eyes water. Well, that's the definition of an unhappy ending, isn't it? Yeah. This is the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And we bring you the formula to discover travel freedom. Step one, every Thursday, we'll show you how to travel the world in style, full time, for as little as $300 per person per month. Step two, every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. This is Travel Thursdays, episode 017, and today we are talking travel safety. Phil Sylvester gives us some of his top tips for staying safe on the road. Every time you take money out from the ATM, the little receipt it spits out, keep that, because that can go towards helping you with your claim. Have two wallets, you know, the mugging wallet with not much in it, and then the real wallet tucked away in their undies or something like that. Amongst other things, we talk about safety for female solo travellers, and Phil also points out how travel doesn't just broaden the mind of the traveller, but also of the locals we come into contact with. You know, the other cultures that you come in contact with will also lose some of their prejudice and some of their narrow-mindedness when after having met you. So, you know, the more women travellers that they see, maybe the more accommodating it will be and the less dangerous it will be for them. Okay, well, welcome once again to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is Travel Thursdays and we're mixing things up just a little bit this week because we are doing a travel safety special. Yes, this week we've hooked up with Phil, who is our go-to safety guy, and he's going to give us some fantastic tips all about travel safety around the world. Yeah, he's got some crazy stories from all of his journeys, and a few very random stories about insurance policies that they've paid out on, which were quite rude. So <laughs> you're going to find <laughs> out about this. We don't have time for a destination feature today, so we're just going to be focusing on travel safety, which is really important, but these tips can be applied in countries all around the world. So this is some really good general information to keep you safe when you're on the road. So let's jump straight into our interview. All right, we are here with Phil Sylvester, travel safety expert and all-round travel fanatic. We got some questions for him today because we want to help you guys learn a little bit more about travel safety so you can have a really good time when you're traveling and not get into lots of trouble. Thanks so, so much for joining us today, yeah. Phil. Hey, Phil, how's it going? Guys, my pleasure, absolutely. It's fantastic to be joining you on the podcast. Excellent. Well, let's crack straight into the questions because uh, these guys want to get that content. We don't like to mess around. No, straight sure, in. Sure, let's do it. All right, Megzi's got the first question for you. Okay, so just as a real bit of a generalized thing, what are some of the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to travel safety? Like, what are the biggest, stupidest things people do? They leave their brain at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> they go on holiday and they think, that's it, it's over for me, I can really let everything go. I'm not saying you should be constantly on alert, but you should always remain vigilant to your surroundings. And you know how humans have this really great ability to sort of sense when trouble's coming, you know, the hairs come up on the back of your neck or something like that. Yeah, just leave that switched on just to make sure, because if something feels a bit dodgy, it probably is. Oh, I tell people that all the time. <laughs> yeah, we call it our travel spidey sense. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's it, yes, that's the one. But do you think when people, they start traveling, they sort of, they forget about that? Because when they're at home, they pay attention to those sort of things. When they're traveling, they're so excited about traveling, maybe they forget to have common sense. Yeah, that. And the other thing as well is they forget they're actually in a different country with a different culture and different rules. We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Things are a bit different here. Do you think people also get a bit confused? Like if you go to a place where people are super nice and really friendly, you just sort of get complacent. You're like, ah, these people are all so nice. They've never 
steal my wallet from my back pocket. Oh, that's a bit cynical, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it when people are friendly. That's great. No, no, it's good. But do you think people get too relaxed? But if you've got your wallet tucked away safely, it doesn't really matter, does it? And you also, I mean, the whole sort of I'm a friendly stranger who wants to speak to you thing, it's always kind of obvious when it's not right. You know, it's like they want to practice English or they have a cousin who happens to live in your town. And, you know, there are little warning signals that come up where you go, oh, yeah, this is just the usual con and what have you. Yeah. But, you know, like, yes, it's, and the good thing is if you are a little bit cautious with people who are genuinely friendly, they'll understand why you're being cautious and they'll make allowances for that and they won't be offended. So that's another kind of signal as well. If you're sort of a bit, I'm not sure about you because you're a stranger, if they go, sure, fully understand that, that probably means they're genuine. The ones who keep pushing through are the ones who are not. Actually, we've done that a few times with like tuk-tuk drivers in India and we would go up to them and barter a price with them and say, and they would get all funny about putting the meter on and we'd say, okay, well, how about this? We'll go, we know how much it costs to get from A to B. If we get there and it's the price that we said that it's going to be and you're honest with us, we'll give you an extra tip. But if you try and rip us off at the end, you get nothing out of us. And it's amazing how many of them turn around and go, oh, okay, you know, and you end up getting that, that correct fare. Yeah, that's a great technique. And the other one, I mean, it's pretty hard to insist on people switching on a meter. But I also find it works pretty well if you go, I'd like the meter on, please. And they go, no, no, no. And you go, okay, bye then. Next yeah. tuk-tuk. We yeah. do that. We do that we all do that the time. Too. Yeah. yeah. Don't take no for an answer. If they're going to try and screw you around, you might as well screw them around. Play yeah. the game, yeah. you know, give us yeah, good as they yeah, why not? It's always another yeah, well, the thing, and you know, you're quite right. Treat it as a game, you know, like have a bit of fun with it. Try not to get too upset about it. Yeah, yeah it's just exactly. the way it is in those countries. You just have to fight with people sometimes. You don't have to be rude about it. Just, it's uh, not fighting, just go for it's it. Just competition. Yeah. Competition. Almost, yeah. you know? it's competition. <laughs> who will win? Who will, who will get the price it's they want? Capitalism in action. Exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it is taxi driver capitalism. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to another topic. So, aside from being scammed, and we know scams are a really big problem, especially in Asia and maybe North Africa as well. If you want to try and minimise your chance of being the victim of crime, if you want to minimise your chance of being pickpocketed, of having your passport stolen, your bag, bag stolen, snatched, yeah, yeah, bag snatched, which almost, we almost got bag snatched in Cambodia. The bag got broken, but we kept hold of the bag. So and we I said really some lucky. really bad words <laughs> yeah. at them as they rode down the street. <laughs> Tell me a bit, were they on a bike trying to snatch a bag or was it on foot? Yeah, yeah motorbike. It's a classic in Cambodia, the bag snatching. Can I just tell you, don't hang on to the bag. People have been injured and killed from being dragged down the road. I know. Uh, you know, like you get pulled over, all you have to do is hit your head on the side of the pavement and your trip's over, you know. like So don't leave anything valuable in the bag. I mean, it's difficult if you're moving from one location to another and you've got everything. But generally, if you're walking around, don't keep anything that you don't want to lose in the bag. No, they would have got some lip gloss and tissues and that's about oh. it. And you were hanging onto the bag. It was, uh, it was like an instinct. It just that kicks in and you're like, fuck you, man. You can't have my bag. And yeah, it's a knee joke. It was just a, a particular shade of red that you weren't going to let go of, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the bag snapped, so. But you are got... right. They do say, like, especially if someone does try and, like, actually, like, face-to-face, like, mug you, just hand yeah. it over. Just. Yeah. Which is why a lot of people have two wallets, you know, they have the mugging wallet with not much in it and then the real wallet tucked away in their undies or something like that. So, you know, a lot of people do that. That's a good tip. We don't even do that. No. That's a great idea. So Yeah. Oh, yeah, just a wallet with just a few bucks in it that you don't mind losing and you manage to hang on to everything else. But back to being a, a, a low target, basically. Can I just tell you a story? Years and years ago when I was traveling, I was actually in Spain and I was sitting in a piazza and from one side of me came a large North American couple wearing Bermuda shorts and a bright shirt with a cannon hanging around his neck and they were slurping on an ice cream. And I looked in the other direction and 20 meters away, there was almost identical thing coming at me. And as they got within a couple of meters of each other, they stopped and looked at each other and one of them said, hey, you American, which kind of made me laugh a little bit out loud, a lot. 
But, the, you know, like these guys had Rob Me, I'm a Tourist, neon signs over their heads, you know, like they were dressed as tourists. I will not wear, you know, a photographer's vest. I will not wear zip-off khaki pants when I'm travelling because they advertise the fact that you're a traveller. Really good thing to do is when you get to a location, especially if it's a cheap one like Asia or what have you, first day, have a look around at what everybody else is wearing and go shopping. Put something on that matches up and backpacks, bum bags, things like that. Another big neon sign saying, hey, I'm a tourist, rob me. Have a look what other people use when they're walking around. You know, is it like a, a you know, a Hessian bag over the shoulder? Are people wearing messenger bags or, you know, does everybody just carry everything around in a plastic shopping bag? Have a look at what the locals do. Go out and get one. Blend in. Be a low profile target. Yeah. That's one thing that drives us nuts because you see so many people walking around in those elephant pants and I have never seen a single Thai, Cambodian, Vietnamese person wear stupid elephant pants. Not once. It's, it's kind of like a huge national practical joke, isn't yeah. it? It yeah. is. It really is. Yeah, stop buying elephant pants, people. Honestly. Get some different print on the pants you buy. Jesus. It's crazy. <laughs> Cool. Well, that's some really good tips. This is stuff that even we don't do and we travel all the time. Exactly. And we haven't even thought of some of those things. So that's awesome. All right. Now, yeah, listen, I, I've got a million of them, but you don't have to do all of them, you know? No, <laughs> <laughs> no that's true. Yeah, Mr. Travel Safety. Yeah. <laughs> Walking he's... around with hundreds of things, <laughs> all these different tips put into play. You'd probably look more of a target just because you're doing all of them. You, you look conspicuously good at yeah. being conspicuous. <laughs> strange. We actually, I had a, a listener email a few days ago. Her main concern is that she's going to be traveling solo. And I know this is something a lot of women are very concerned about. What is the best way for women to stay safe if they haven't got a male companion with them? Very difficult. I think a lot of it is to do with attitude. If you walk with purpose, if you look as though you're confident, if you look as though you know what you're doing, you look as though you're a seasoned traveler, you're probably going to get less attention. It's the whole herd instinct. They're going to look for the weak ones on the edge of the herd. So be one of the strong ones in the middle of the pack. But having said that, it's a problem. Women traveling solo, pretty likely to get harassed at some stage or other. If you, you know, you can hook up with other women traveling at times. I mean, it's very sad indictment, but seriously, don't walk alone at night. And a lot of people, depending on the country as well, a lot of women get themselves a fake husband and a fake family. The expectation there is that women will be, you know, married and have family. So get yourselves one, you know, just get a photo from download one off the internet of a happy family. <laughs> right get yourself a good looking husband and nice looking kids, you know, and put the photo in your wallet and put a fake wedding band on. Cause the question, are you married? You know, go, yep, here I am. Here's my wedding ring. And here's my really good looking husband. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's right. I am Angelina Jolie. That is Brad Pitt. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, nice. I have to say, yeah, that is something that I used to do. Well, even though traveling with Tom, sometimes you're not always in the same place at the same time. So I would always wear a ring on my left hand and I would always be like, oh, my husband will be here soon. Yeah, we just pretend to be married because in India, even if we were sitting together, the first thing they'd say would be like, oh, you must be brother and sister. Like, no, we're a couple. So it was easy just to tell people we're married because they seriously, if they're like, she's your sister, oh, then she's fair game. I'll go for her. Yeah. They're, that's yeah. easy sometimes. It's crazy. Yeah, well, in lots of conservative cultures like that, it's been women traveling alone have loose morals. Unless you're, you know, accompanied by a man, you had loose morals, therefore you're fair game, which is sad and only changing very slowly and actually getting worse in some places. But I'm sorry, it's a sad fact. So try not to get hung up about the fact you are not legally married by saying, I am married to that woman. You actually do have to go through a ceremony. So <laughs> don't get hung up about it. 
Should women be scared about traveling or is this all just like worst case scenario? Uh, yeah, they should be cautious. They shouldn't be scared. I don't think anybody should be. <laughs> there are times when we all get scared, but I don't think you should be scared of, about the prospect of traveling. I, I mean, we fully encourage everybody to get out there and, you know, explore their boundaries. And, you know, the great thing about travel is, is that uh, Mark Twain travel is fatal to prejudice and narrow mindedness. He was talking about the prejudice and narrow mindedness of the traveler there, but it applies the other way too. You know, the other cultures that you come in contact with will also lose some of their prejudice and some of their narrow-mindedness when after having met you. So, you know, the more women travellers that they see, maybe the more accommodating it will be and the less dangerous it will be for them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, let's hope so. We can change people's minds as well if we're out right. travelling. Because they don't, some of these people in these countries don't get the opportunity to travel if they don't have as much money, they don't earn as much money, they never get to leave home. So this is the only time they get to meet foreigners is when we visit them. And so, That's right. yeah, it can make a lot of difference to them. Okay, let's, yeah. let's move on to something else. What else have we got? Well, this is something that I wonder about. This is a very specific question. Now, when we pull money out of an ATM in a foreign country, we these days, well, always really, we get charged fees normally at both ends from our bank and from the ATM. So there's a balance between how much money you should be carrying around by yourself and not having to spend on fees every day by getting out $20 at a time. What's a good safe amount of money to be carrying? What are you insured for with a general insurance policy or with World Nomads for carrying cash around with you? By the way, you're actually also getting the best exchange rate you can when you take money out of an ATM. So if you go to a currency, a money changer, you're probably getting a worse exchange rate, although you're not paying quite so much in fees. It swings around about whichever one you use, it's going to cost you money. So it's worth investigating, you know, whether your bank fees are more expensive than going to a money changer where you are. But you will, it's the interbank exchange rate. You'll get the going exchange rate on the day when you take money out of an ATM. It's the other fees on the other side, which sting you. And how much should you take out? And isn't it ridiculous when you're in a country, I was in Indonesia recently where, you know, you take out just enough cash for a couple of days, or whatever you, and you've got a million rupees, you know? Uh, <laughs> I did that the first time I went to Vietnam, I pulled out one million dong. And it's also called dong. Yeah, well. <laughs> And went and bought a milkshake with it, yeah. Yeah, it was um, like yeah, 25 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Look, up to the individual in a lot of ways, how comfortable are you? What's your security like for your money on your person? You know, is it in a money belt under your clothes? Is it deep in a pocket? Or, you know, have you got nowhere really safe to put it? And, you know, as you know, a million dong or a million rupee is a big bundle of money. It's pretty hard. You know, is, is that a million rupee in your pocket or are you happy to see me, you know? Uh, <laughs> so, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. Policy-wise, depending on which policy you've got from World Nomads, the standard or the Explorer, and just from the top of my head, and don't quote me on this, I think you covered for up to like $200 cash. Could be 100 I think it's $200 cash. I think you're right. If that gets stolen from you. But, you know, that's kind of, every time you take money out from the ATM, the little receipt it spits out, keep that because that can be go towards helping you with your claim saying, listen, I took out a million dong only yesterday and now it's got stolen. So that's kind of some sort of evidence that you actually did have the um, the dong in your pocket. Hey, that's a good idea. I love yeah. the dong. I don't oh, know why yeah. I'm fixated on the dong now. <laughs> it's a man thing. You just need to edit the symbol. So it's like a million dollars and you're like, oh, I had a million dollars in my pocket and I'm going to get something back. <laughs> it's a shame you can only get 200 bucks back. Yeah. But no, I've been carrying more than 200. As Aussies, we know we should rename our currency the dong, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would be hilarity all around. <laughs> all right, I've got one more specific question and then some more general stuff. Okay, now this is something that we've seen other people talk about and there always seems to be a contention of if there's no safe in your hotel or even if there's a safe in your room but obviously the staff probably know how to open that safe, should you take your passport with you or should you leave it hidden in your hotel room? Or go to the reception and ask them to keep it in the biggest safe they've got there and ask the counter staff person for a receipt. 
Oh, there you go. Option three. Option three. Option three. Now, knowing the sorts of places you guys stay in, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's probably just as dodgy as any other option. Yeah, look, again, if, you know, it feels dodgy and you think your passport's going to go, then take it with you. But if you think it's safe enough to leave it behind with the accommodation reception in there safe, then do that. That's a much better option. I wish I had the link to share with you guys and I'll try and find it for you. But I do have a uh, YouTube video of a traveller in a hotel room and I think he was in Cambodia and he opened up the safe in his room and put his money and his passport in it and locked it and the door was locked and then picked up the safe. It wasn't bolted down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, so oh, check that one before you lock your passport away. Well, we'll yeah. add the other that thing, to our show notes so people can check yeah. that out. And the, and the other thing is, of course, when these saves come out from the factory, they've got a default setting, you know, four zeros or one, two, three, four or whatever. Just check that they've actually reset the default, you know, like the door and just try pumping in four zeros and see if it actually unlocks it. So, you know, just check them out before you do that. But they're kind of for, you know, overnight while you're sleeping and just to keep a few valuables out of the reach of people who may access your room during the day. But for proper security of things, take it down to the concierge desk or the, you know, the front desk and see if they can lock it away and they're safe there and get a receipt. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's all about the receipts. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So last thing before we hit the quick fire round, um, we want to ask you about high risk countries because people see this, if they look at the travel advisory information online, they'll see there's like a high risk country and a medium risk country, whether it's particularly dangerous to be there. So if someone gets insurance for Asia, like, so like the general insurance policy is for Asia and Europe, excluding Japan. And there's other reasons why Japan doesn't count for some of these. But if you're going somewhere like Afghanistan, are you going to be covered when you turn up there? No, because Afghanistan is marked as a do not travel country. There are 13 countries around the world where various foreign officers will have advice about relative safety of a country. The Australian government is pretty cool because they actually go, do not travel, reconsider your need to travel, use caution or, you know, woohoo, have a great time. Um, so it's a really, really good barometer for us as an insurance company. And we, they have got 13 countries around the world where they say, do not travel under any circumstances. It's too dangerous. If you go to a place against the advice of your government, you won't be covered. Insurers can't cover you for taking unnecessary risks. And if your government has said, no, that's an unnecessary risk, don't go there, and you go anyway, you're not covered. Cool. And there may be certain areas within a country which, you know, do not go here. So Afghanistan, no, I'm, can I name the 13 countries off the top of my head? That's all right. People can look that up on Google. Oh, you know, Yemen is one of them for obvious right. reasons. Mm. Quite a lot of Central West African countries, and not just because of the not just because of the Ebola crisis. Well, what about Ukraine at the moment? Well, there will be a part of the Ukraine where it says, well, obviously, if you go anywhere where there's actually a hot war going on, you're not covered. If you have a look at general exemptions in your policy, you're not covered for acts of war under any circumstances. There's probably an advice saying don't go near this part of Ukraine, but you can go to the other bits of it. On a more general level, the thing I have found is that trouble like that is localised. It's very rarely like generalised. So even you know, think of Egypt at the height of the uh, Arab Spring. You could actually be in Cairo whilst it was really going off there. You could actually still go to the pyramids at Giza. Nobody was doing it and everybody was hunkered down and even the vendors and tour guides and what have you were keeping a low profile. But you could have gone to the pyramids in Giza and had a look, but you could not go to Tahrir Square where it was in flames. So that's as an extreme example. Trouble is usually localised, not generalised. Which is, so if you see a trouble spot, like you're walking towards something and, you know, there's a protest going, turn around, walk the other way. You only have to go a couple of blocks and you usually find yourself in relative safety and you can reassess the situation. We are just going to take a 30 second break from this interview to let you guys know, of course, if you want peace of mind on the road, the best thing to do is be insured. If you want to get your own World Nomads insurance policy and get a 5% discount off of that, then we've actually got our own code. That we do. It is WN5DP. You need to head to the link, 5dollarplanet.com slash worldnomads and use the code WN5DP as in World Nomads 5 Planet.
Fishy, fishy. All right, we're going to do the quick fire round. We're going to try and do it as quickly as possible because we're running out of time okay. this segment. All right, do I have a buzzer? Do I have to hit a buzzer? Ah, oh, oh, no, we don't have buzzers. You can make a oh, buzzing dang. noise. Okay. okay. No, that's, that's a sheep. Sheep buzzer. All right. <laughs> the $5 planner buzzer. All right, we've got a few random things we thought of and a few things that actually sort of almost happened to us. So we want to see if we've okay. been insured for these. So we were traveling through the Gobi Desert. Yeah, okay. I'm probably going to break a bazillion financial services guide rules doing this, but no worries. They should. All right. Well, <laughs> if you don't know the answer, don't answer. But okay, we were traveling through the Gobi Desert in Mongolia and our van broke down overnight and we were having a lot of trouble fixing it. Now, that's the true part of the story. Now, what could yeah. have happened was we weren't sure how to fix it but because we're in the middle of Mongolia there's no mechanics around so we try and do it ourselves and someone ends up losing their hand and is bleeding all over the place like zombie style like, yeah like blood <laughs> like shooting everywhere. out and we're like 10 hours drive from the nearest hospital so we need to like call someone to get airlifted or something like this now are we insured or should we have just waited for the AA for 12 hours for them to turn up we shouldn't have touched the van is there an airlift will come and get you service in the Gobi desert I don't think so I don't know whether <laughs> someone from Ulaanbaatar would actually be able to make it out there maybe yeah, look, I mean, it's like if you're at home and you're in an emergency and you bring the emergency number, whatever the, your local equivalent of 911 might be, the local services will come to your aid and you just may happen to get a, a bill for it afterwards, in which case your travel insurance will help you. We will pay that bill for you. But can you call World Nomads and go, I'm in the middle of the Gobi Desert, I'm bleeding to death, can you help me? No, we can't. No, but we wouldn't be in trouble for having tried to fix the van ourselves. Oh, absolutely not, no. No, cool. All right, good to know these things, because I don't know the actual particulars of this sort of stuff, and I'm sure listeners don't. So, exactly. yeah, it's good to get an expert advice. Talk so, you moment. decide to go to Thailand, and you want to do something, you know, a lot of people want to do this. People want to go and have their photos taken with the tigers at the Tiger Kingdom. It's a controversial thing with some people, with some animal rights groups and whatnot, but yep. people do it. It's a yep. simple thing. So, I think it was last year or the year before. October 2014. October, there we the go. At the Phuket Tiger Kingdom. At the Phuket Tiger Kingdom. A Melbourne, Australia man got mauled by the tiger. That's he correct. He did in diddly doodling <laughs> Would yeah. he, was he covered for that? It's a tiger. It's a carnivorous wild animal. What did he think was going to happen? No, you're not covered. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, but hundreds of people go in there. It's a wild animal. It's a wild animal that eats stuff. <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry, I know it's probably drugged to within an inch of its life so it doesn't maul you, but poor things, by the way. But it's a wild animal. I'm sorry, no. What did you think was going to happen? Did you see its teeth, for heaven's sake? <laughs> was that not a warning sign? No. <laughs> Speaking of wild animals, though, if you were on a safari trip with a proper guide in a jeep or whatever, and you didn't realise this tiger was stalking you and he came up and bit your hand off when you had it hanging over the side of the van, would you be, because that's a wild animal, would you be covered for that? Had your hand hanging over the side of the van against the advice of the licensed safari operator, not covered. I've no. done that. I've done a safari and they say, keep your hands inside the vehicle for obvious reasons. Right. Safari tours are covered under your World Nomads insurance policy. Absolutely. As long as you follow the instructions of the operator. And one of those instructions is keep your hands inside the vehicle. So yeah. dangling your hand out in front of a tiger, <laughs> or in my case, a very smelly male lion walked past in the shade of the truck we were sitting in. And I could have run my hand up his back as he walked past. He was that close. But obviously I didn't. You can't see me right now. I'm waving both hands in the air. <laughs> No, not covered for sticking your hand outside of the vehicle. No, okay. If a rhino charged the van and knocked it over and you got injured, you'd be covered for that? Covered, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Well, so we've come down it. to uh, follow the rules, don't be an idiot. Yeah. Pretty simple. Oh, do you want a job selling travel insurance? That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's squeeze in one more before we run out of time on this. So we personally like a beer or 
three. Four sometimes. Four. Maybe more. Who knows? Now, although we appreciate like acts of recklessness while under the influence, like if you're going to be a complete retard and do something stupid, you're not going to be insured. Yeah. But we do know <laughs> some companies literally will not pay out on any activity if you are over the driving limit or if the person who you're traveling with is over the drink driving limit. Most of us will know like a drink or three as well. We understand what's going on. You're on holiday, you want to relax, of course you're going to have a drink. We understand that. Absolutely every claim that comes to us is assessed on its individual merits. There's no sort of computer algorithm that goes through and chunks them and sends them out into the rubbish heap. We actually look at each claim individually. A person does that and we assess the situation. If it is deemed that your level of intoxication has contributed to the unnecessary risk that has resulted in your injury, then we're going to be asking a lot of questions. But if you're in the backseat of a taxi tuk-tuk, drunk as a skunk on the way back to your accommodation and it gets T-boned at an intersection by another vehicle and you're not, you know, in charge of the vehicle at all, absolutely covered, no problem. doesn't matter that you were drunk. But if, you're, if you've stolen the tuk-tuk and you're driving it, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Look, we get, we get back to what you said just before, you know, like follow the rules and don't be an idiot. It's pretty yeah. simple. It's good to know because yeah. as we said, some insurance companies literally, if you're over the limit and you just get robbed and it's not even your fault, you're just walking home, you've had a few drinks, they're like, oh, you were drunk. Not covered. And that's worrying. Look, you're going to get asked questions in that situation. It's like whilst being drunk and staggering home, where you're being a galar about it and making a nuisance of yourself. For American listeners, making... a galar is a bird. <laughs> it's <all right. laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a very noisy, naughty, stupid bird that gets itself into trouble all the time. So if you're walking home being an idiot and making yourself into a high-profile target, we're going to start asking questions about it. You know, like, well, who is with you? Can we get a statement from them about your behaviour at the time? So don't be an idiot. Follow the rules. I don't know if you can actually answer this question, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. What is some of like the funniest claims you've had come through World Nomads? Somebody broke their penis. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Not for them, but you know. Yeah. You know, not funny for them, but it's hilarious for everybody else. And, okay, all the men listening right now, you're going to get that, you know, sort of, ooh, you know, where you pucker up everything when I tell you this story. <laughs> a, um, an, in an insured man was away with his girlfriend and they, uh, she was on top and they got a little bit vigorous and he tore his frenulum. Google it, people. That will make your eyes water. He had to have a, it's that bit of skin sort of between the head and the shaft. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Great. He, he had to go to hospital and have a friend you leaked to me, which I didn't even know was a thing, but there you go. I didn't we want paid to know that bill. was a thing. Wow. I know. We paid his hospital bill. A friend oh. you leaked to me. Poor bastard. <laughs> wow. Happy holidays, dude. Yeah, well, that's, that's the definition of an unhappy ending, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Was he in Thailand at the time? Did he establish that? I don't know. No, 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 they were in Europe somewhere. We got another one. We had a guy, he got bitten by some kind of an insect and it laid its eggs under his skin and he started having maggots crawling around underneath. Oh! So he went to the doctor. Yeah. So he went to the local clinic and the advice was to go and buy a piece of steak and tie it to his leg and the maggots would crawl out of his leg into the piece of steak. We, um, we paid for his uh, medical visit and for his antibiotics, but he had to buy his own steak. <laughs> That is disgusting. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And the funny thing is, we've actually, you know, we've written about this and so we needed a, needed a photograph of that. So we recreated a piece of steak tied to somebody's leg, which you can find on our website somewhere. Yeah, that's my leg with a piece of steak tied to it. <laughs> <laughs> Recreation and travel safety tips, both. Well, on that note, we are going to have to call an end to this little travel safety talk. Just remember, if you travel to a foreign country, always carry a steak with you, just in case. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, ladies and gents, it's almost the end of the show, so that means it's... Travel homework time! Mm, the homework you want to do, because it's going to help you. This one's definitely going to help you out. We want you to go and sign up for your local travel advisory service. Yeah, each country will have their own. So in Australia, it's Smart Traveller. The UK one has as well, and there's a Canadian one. I can't remember the names, but they you do You can exist. search on Google, you'll find them. You just want to find out what your government travel advisory service is called. And there'll be a link. They'll come up really high because they're, they're big websites with lots of really up-to-date information. Yeah, so you can check which countries have which warnings. And for some services, you can set dates that you'll be traveling to the different countries so they'll know where you are. And they can give you alerts into your inbox depending on what might be going on in that country. Yeah, so if some major catastrophe happens, you're actually listed on your government's website as being in that country. You've put that in. Yeah. So then they're going to be able to come and get you. Really important, especially for when like the tsunami happened in Thailand or, or Southeast Asia. Or, or various different, various different places. Southeast Asia, yeah. Or when uh, the uprising happened in Egypt. Like These things can just happen without any notice at all. So if your government knows where you are, then they know where to find you. Yeah, and they'll know to go and look for you. That's what you want so that you don't end up dead. Thanks for listening to the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at $5planet.com. So join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income. Or for Travel Thursdays, where we'll help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments, feedback, and $5 travel tips. So tweet us at $5 Travel with the number 5. Or email info at $5planet.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzy. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the $5 Planet. Bye for now. Bye-bye.